Can you guess how many grams of sugar a Starbucks vanilla bean frappuccino has? If you guessed around 20 grams, you're completely wrong. In fact, a frappuccino has more than double, actually close to triple that amount, 52 grams. Hopefully recognizing this information will make you think twice before grabbing another drink from Starbucks, or actually any fast food restaurant at all. A couple episodes ago, we talked about obesity and how cultural norms influence its prevalence in different societies. Today, we'll be focusing on the fast food industry that fueled this epidemic. When you think of fast food, I imagine you immediately jumping to McDonald's, Wendy's, and other large chains. But the origins actually date all the way back to the Romans, who used local taverns as areas for convening and eating. Then later in the 1860s, the British capitalized on the idea of fish and chips to kind of create local vendors. Even though these examples only have some features of modern fast food, they show that the notion of a quick and easy way for people to access meals has been around for a while. But none of these versions exploded the same way the American fast food industry did and still does today. So in 1921, the first emergences of modern fast food came through the restaurant White Castle. White Castle was a savior for burger lovers, as many people didn't trust the meat sold at local carnivals and lunch carts. The opening of this chain helped redeem the reputation of the burger, and it was pretty popular when it opened up. But the opening of a later chain in 1955 is really credited with the beginnings of the fast food revolution, and that is McDonald's. Simply put, McDonald's added the fast to fast food. It implemented a system in the kitchen where food could be made quickly, easily, and cheaply. All these factors made its burgers and fries easy to sell and appealing to the customer. Not only that, but it also changed the way that people ate because there's a shift towards takeout in restaurants rather than home-cooked meals. In the 1950s, eating out tended to be a practice of the wealthier class because middle-class families couldn't afford spending money for a dining experience. But by having low-priced burgers, McDonald's was able to appeal to the middle class and make food accessible for everyone. Besides its impact on people, McDonald's also had an impact nationally. The restaurant's food stayed consistent no matter which McDonald's a person ordered from. Whether a person bought a burger from California or the East Coast, the burger tasted exactly the same. This opened an avenue to employ more workers because cooks no longer needed to be skilled chefs, but simply people who could follow basic instructions. Fast forward to the 1970s and many fast food companies have moved international. Why you may ask, are these companies successful overseas despite having a distinctly American taste? The answer lies in the way in which the companies adapted. Fast food restaurants didn't only bring their own culture, but they also engaged with the culture of the country they're in. For example, you can find iced milk tea on the McDonald's menu in Hong Kong, tomato and mozzarella turnovers in Italy, and a spicy paneer wrap in India. In Australia, you can easily find prawns and pineapples on top of your pizza. But these chains still kept fundamental items on their menus, like McDonald's Big Mac and KFC's fried chicken. Also, the chains are successful because all people value convenience. Fast food is cheap, calorie-packed, and comes out relatively quickly. And it was able to capitalize on these ideas to become successful. Also, there are some universal characteristics of fast food that stimulate the reward system in the brain, leaving people craving for more. Many fast food companies add at least two of the three major pleasures, 
sugar, fat, or salt. This leaves everyone, American or not, coming back to unhealthy options. But what makes fast food distinctly American? Why is American cuisine stereotyped with burgers and fries, despite fast food being everywhere? And why is America fighting a constant battle against obesity? One of the answers lies within U.S. standards. The rules of the FDA allow American companies to add many preservatives and additives that aren't deemed safe in many European countries. A study by the Cornell University of Food and Brand Lab found that eating fast food isn't actually the cause of obesity, it's the fact that Americans consume it in large portions. An informal experiment done by Food Insider compared the portion sizes of different restaurants in the UK, and the results were the same for most items on the menu. The portion size in America was significantly larger than the one in the UK. Because American portion sizes are larger, they're more prone to overeating, and as a result, becoming overweight. This isn't to say that eating fast food is healthy, but more that eating a lot of fast food is worse than a little. The blame may be put on Americans, but there are also other countries with large portions, and those countries are struggling with rising obesity rates too. For example, Egyptian Big Macs actually have more calories than American ones, and Egypt is also another country on the rise for obesity. Fast food is slowly creeping into countries around the world and becoming a dominating global phenomenon. Although faster in some parts of the world than others, obesity has been rising at an alarming rate, and the advent of fast food is correlated with it. Its introduction has led us to question which one is causing the other. Is it the people's desire for fast food that is fueling the obesity epidemic, or is it the emergence of these restaurants which is causing an increase in size?